Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host, Leanne Hughes. Hi, I'm Leanne and I live in Brisbane, Australia. I work in organizational development for a global contracting company. And I've created this podcast to really help those of you who are experts. Oh, look, if you don't like that word, you're pretty good at what you do. And now you want to take that leap and share your skills and knowledge with others. From my experience, I remember that it's difficult taking that first step to become a facilitator. So through this show, I'll be interviewing some amazing guests who will share their tips, tricks, and give you actionable advice. I'll also, from time to time, record some solo episodes that really hone in on specific training and facilitation skills. Interviews and links that we talk about on the show can be found at firsttimefacilitator.com, and I'd love you to support the podcast by subscribing to it in iTunes. Now, let's move on to our very first guest, Sonia McDonald from Leadership HQ. She's an absolute powerhouse and I hope you feel inspired to take the leap into facilitation after hearing her story. Our guest today has an insane amount of energy and passion. She was recently named in the top 250 influential women across the globe by Richtopia. She's an entrepreneur, thought leader, dynamic keynote speaker, executive coach, board advisor and author. She's also the CEO and founder of Leadership HQ, and her latest book, Just Rocket, will be launched in February. I'm so excited to have her on the First Time Facilitator podcast. Welcome to the show, Sonia McDonald. Hello, lovely Leanne. How are you? I'm so honoured. Thank you so much for asking me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, I think. I've been to some of your workshops, and it's so true about the energy that you convey. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. I am very passionate about what I do in the leadership space. So, no, thank you very much for the lovely words. I just wanted to start a bit about your story. And I've heard this one in one of the workshops that you run for us. You were working in HR roles overseas and returned back to Australia. And you were given a start by someone who asked you if you knew a bit about leadership. What was your response to that? (laughs) Um, My response was, I know so much about leadership. And I faked it. I completely faked it. Uh, look, I wasn't faking that I could do brain surgery. However, <laughs> I, you know, I, I did have some confidence in my ability, mm. obviously, with my background and people and culture and HR. However, I did, I did have that belief in myself that I could definitely learn it to mm. get myself up to speed. So I did, I did fake that I knew a lot more than I did in the interview. I love that. So how, how did you prepare um, for what was, what was to come? That's a great question. I think for me, you know, I mean, I suppose and also I thought the opportunity was going to be a great opportunity. Mm. I just raced home. I remember sitting on the train going home from Brisbane to the Gold Coast at the time and I thought, okay, what's my plan? And I, I just went online and I bought every single book I could on Amazon on leadership and I just read and I researched and I and I read blogs and I read articles and I got on to Harvard Business Review and oh, look I just kind of put my hands on everything that I could read and and watch and research but also I think however I think the thing that also made a big difference is that I 
I, I made sure that I put it into practice and learnt from it, from doing, and then I started writing my own blog. So I started writing a blog called Leadership Headquarters to help me learn. So I thought oh, it'll really help me learn not only by doing but by writing about my learnings and my insights. Yeah, I've heard that quite a bit. A lot of people say that the best way to learn a new skill is to try and teach someone else. So with your leadership blog, did you have any idea it was going to turn into what it is today? Oh, no, not in a million years. Not in a million years. If you'd, if you, if you'd said to me, if you, we had a time machine, if you said that, Sonia, we're going to go ten years in the future, and, and I'd be like, no, you're a, you, you're on some sort of drug. But <laughs> um, no, not. And look, it's funny how the world or life works. Mm. However, uh, yeah, never in a million years. So I'm really, really, so, I feel so blessed that this is what I'm doing today. That's so great. And look, I work in companies and you sort of sit through workshops and people walk out afterwards and say, oh, oh I, I could have run that, but they never actually take that step and stand in front of um, a classroom. And I know that is a bit daunting, but what's, um, I guess, what's your advice for people that think they do have the knowledge, but they just need a sort of push to get up to the front of the room? What would you say to them? Oh, gosh. I mean, I suppose this is what leadership's about. I think leadership is about sometimes you have to do things that make you feel uncomfortable, that take you out of that comfort zone, Mm. that really do push you where you have the courage to just give it a go. And I suppose for me, and also leadership for me is about making a difference. So I do that through developing and coaching. So, and I get a lot of people that say to me, you know, I'd really love to be able to stand up in front of a room and be able to do what you're doing or be able to actually speak or do public speaking or, or, or host workshops. So I just say the only way you can do it is do it. I suppose by watching others and and watching what works for you and what doesn't work for you and also maybe even, you know, looking online or watching videos on mm. YouTube or TED Talks, it, by having that courage to stand up and do it and even going to things like Toastmasters or mm. is, you know, and, and, you know, you and I spoke at that Disrupt HR event mm. and you just rocked it. Oh, you know, you. I was like sitting there going, oh, my gosh, I mean, Leanne, you just rocked the, <laughs> it, it. It takes a lot of courage to get up and it, by doing it and then the feeling, also thinking about the feeling afterwards like mm. imagine how it's going to feel when I get up on stage and I've or I've stood up in front of that room or I've presented some knowledge or some insights how I'm going to feel that I've could I, I could make a difference or help someone else in that room it's that feeling like focusing on the feeling after you do it and going you know what I did it I had the courage to do it and and also learning from it I mean I remember the first couple of times I started you know, presenting and speaking on stage or doing workshops. Oh, my gosh, there were so many things I stuffed up on. <laughs> um, but it was so good for me to stuff up because I thought, wow, you know, this is what I'd do differently next time and I just didn't let me – I didn't let the stuff up stop me mm-hmm. uh, because it is the best feeling, Leanne. I mean, how did you feel uh, after you – yeah. It was such an amazing feeling. I sort of likened it to – I used to play netball quite competitively when I was a bit younger and – just that adrenaline that you get before a big match. It was the same feeling and I hadn't had that feeling in quite a while. Yeah, a lot of obviously time, blood, sweat and tears went into that. And then afterwards, you just, we were all floating and high-fiving and yeah, I felt that feeling for days. It was, it was great. Definitely worth it. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so that's why everyone out there listening to this, you've got to do it. <laughs> just do it, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess what you're talking about in terms of attitude and having that confidence to be a leader, uh, that's what I learnt when I went to one of your breakfasts last year, the Leadership Attitude Session. 
And I remember walking into the room, it was about seven o'clock in the morning, um, looking around, everyone was, you know, hadn't been caffeinated yet, it was pretty quiet. Um, when we left an hour and a half later, the volume of that room, it was just amplified. Everyone um, was talking to each other. It was really great energy. And I remember feeling great for the rest of the day. And I think that reflects on your style of presenting and, and providing that energy. How did you learn How did you learn to do that? Is this a, that's something that's unique to Sonia or did you have to learn that skill? Probably, I'd, I'd have to say maybe a little bit of both. It mm. was more around, again, trial and error and putting myself out there and kind of getting a sense around what worked for me in terms of my style. Also, mm. I feel also power posing. I do a lot of power <laughs> posing by, prior to it, which I do for every time I do workshops or speak. I think as well, I'm so passionate about this space that for me to be that authentic self when I'm when I'm presenting and speaking that that because I'm so passionate about it I let it come out mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid to be vulnerable and to kind of make a fool of myself if I need to to help inspire others to get that sense of purpose and passion within themselves around seeing themselves around mm-hmm. gaining that leadership mindset and attitude so I think it's a mixture of yeah I think it was learnt over successes and you know lots of falls and also finding that style like my own style Mm, yeah um for anyone out there that wants to know about power posing that's the professor amy cuddy's video on ted yes that's the one yeah i um i keep that in my back pocket too i think it's really useful and it really does sort of change your state and you do feel you do feel more confident that's for sure Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm always doing the the Superwoman (laughs) or Wonder Woman pose, uh, Superman pose. I think, uh, yeah, it kind of, uh, it it does actually make a huge difference. So go for it. Watch watch the TED Talk. TED Talk is really cool. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, Now, I'm keen to delve into um, some information about to help people that want to become a facilitator. So in your observation, what do you think the key skills are um, that someone needs to learn to be good at engaging people in a workshop? I think you've got to put your ego Mm. out. You've got to put it outside, like put it at the front door when you walk into a room. It's not about you. It's about them and their experience. So, uh, So I think it's really important as a facilitator, I mean... So I'm going to talk about a few things here. Mm. Uh, I think practice and, uh, yeah, practice is really important. I think as well, yeah, putting your ego out the door and making it about what you feel. I think this is why, like, even I suppose when I worked with you as a client when I was facilitating your workshops, understanding what the client wants or what the audience wants in terms of outcome. So what do you want them to walk away with? Mm. You know, what? how do you want them to how do you want to make them feel what sort of key key things do you want them to take away what do you want them to put into action so you know it's important that you think about the end goal like what outcomes you're wanting to achieve not bombarding them with too much information so thinking about what are those key themes or you know key top five things you want them to walk away with Uh, I'm also around Obviously, energy is really important. So I think the energy is important, the energy that you bring to the group. Also thinking about your audience. So thinking about 
for instance, I might adjust my facilitation style very differently to say a group of emerging leaders versus an executive leadership team with a CEO. Mm. So I could maybe adjust my communication style slightly. Also, I'm very visual. So for me, it's around just making sure that I, I blend anything that I facilitate. So I bring in lots of I, I love visual pictures. So if I am going to show slides, I make it very visual. Uh, I make sure that I get them to think about how they feel about what I've said. So I'll kind of not stand in front of them and go, blah, 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 blah. Thanks very much. Okay, bye. I'll share a couple of slides, share a couple of key quotes, insights and go, okay, how does everyone feel about that? Let's talk about that. Talk to the person next to you. Let's share those insights. So they're thinking about what I've said but also, however, they've also thought, okay, what does that mean to me? I want to talk about it. I want to talk to the person next to me because that helps with the hard wiring of the learnings. Mm. Let's talk about it as a group. Write it down maybe. Mm. So it's kind of blending like a few slides, let's talk, let's, reson- like, let's reflect, let's share. What are you going to put into action? Next couple of key points. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I think, mm. I think those sort of things work really well. Uh, also not being afraid. I think some people in terms of when they facilitate, they are, oh, what happens if I say something stupid? <laughs> or what happens if someone disagrees with me? Gosh, that's happened to me. Oh, has it? Uh, what, what did you oh, do? Yeah. What did you do? Oh, I just hit under the table. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I think you're right. I think that um, is a huge fear. Yeah. Look, I always thank people. I go, wow, okay, thank you. That's a really interesting insight. Uh, tell me around, you know, that's interesting. Tell me, tell me why. Let's talk about that. And I, again, leave the ego outside the door. It's not about me. It's about them. It's about you being the facilitator to be going, okay, right, let's talk about this. What, what's the rest of the group think about this? And sometimes, you know, and I've even been in workshops where I've facilitated where, especially when you're doing any sort of team building or high performance teamwork or business strategy where team the group dynamics or teams disagree and sometimes people have become quite aggressive sometimes you have to say hey look let's not go down that road it might not be taking us in the direction we want to go to let's park it maybe we can park this and talk about it another time especially if you are feeling that's where as a facilitator it's really important you're checking in with the energy of the group mm-hmm. and you're watching body language so this is why I was facilitating or speaking you know there's more to just getting up in front of people and and showing slides or talking or, or sharing insights or learnings you've also got to be it's a it's kind of like this it takes so much out of you because you've also got to be listening to the group but also looking at the body language of the group you know for me it's like if I feel that the group or the energy is feeling a little bit wow this is getting a little Mm. bit too much I'll say guys let's take a five minute brain break let's go out let's kind of stretch you know so reading the energy and the body language of the group is really important too I mean that's that's really great and really comprehensive I'm just curious about that the um picking up on the dynamics of the group you would say, is that something that you've improved at like over the years? Yeah, I think, yeah, and I think that's where you you just need to be really present. So when you are presenting that you are reading the room, you're not sitting there going, oh, what do I want to make for dinner tonight? Uh, <laughs> so you there, you're present, you're reading the room. If you are noticing something, you know, 
not being afraid to name it, going, oh, Mary or Jim, I've noticed that your energy's changed. I mean, is there something you'd like to share? It could be even in the break, you might go up to someone and say, hey, I've noticed that with your body language that, you know, is everything okay? Gosh, nine times out of 10, people go, hey, thanks for asking me. Yeah, I wasn't comfortable with this or uh, I might have, you know, I, would have mind, I wouldn't mind sharing this uh, next. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. I thought I'd check in with you. And I think participants and exe- or leaders really love that when you, you're able to be able to really hone in on picking up on those dynamics because, again, it just helps with this facilitation piece that you're just not there. Yeah, okay, let's let's do this. Okay, let's workshop this. Thanks very much. I'm out of here. Mm. It's really important that there's just so many, you consider so many other elements when it comes to this when you are facilitating. Yeah, absolutely. I, I experienced something um, last year. I was in Canada delivering leadership training and it was going really well. It was, um, you know, the first day in, perfect. Uh, second day, we, we started talking about um, performance conversations and I could just tell straight away Ooh. there was someone in the back of the room, arms crossed, yeah, and just refused to participate. And I sort of didn't nip it in the bud like you said. I, I didn't put him aside during a break or, or, do, or even take a break. I sort of tried to keep it going and kind of amp up what I was delivering and later that day I was like what did I do wrong and I realized it was you're absolutely right it's all about checking in taking breaks uh, and just making sure that they're comfortable or, or what can you do to yeah bring it together because it did have an impact on the group dynamics absolutely yeah, yeah it's a really yeah that's a really good learning for you as well yeah, it so, was. It yeah was thanks tough. for sharing that <laughs> Um, you mentioned before that you do run sessions for a diverse audience. So I know last week you were delivering to teenagers, but equally you can you feel very comfortable in boardrooms and delivering to CEOs. So what is it about your communication style that changes or what do you pitch differently? That's a really good question. Uh, I probably would say, so when I walk into a room with 200 teenagers, mm. I, again, I... I walked into the room with a lot of energy I was wearing jeans and a jacket like like a Mm. like a suit jacket with jeans and that was because I wanted to kind of relate to them I didn't want to go in there too corporate so I watched like how I was presenting myself I also went in there with I my language I and I suppose because I've got a teenage daughter I could I kind of adjusted my language slightly so it was really important for me with that group that I connected with the group. So I would probably be a little bit more relaxed with a group of 200 teenagers. Mm. I was running up and down the room. I was using probably, you know, language around which would probably relate to them a little bit more mm-hmm. versus, you know, I'm, you know, probably a little bit less formal. I did use the word friggin'. Um, they were like <laughs> looking at me going, I said, do you friggin' understand this? And they were like looking at me. And then I said to the Griffith Uni teachers, I was like, was I allowed to say friggin'? They went, yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's <laughs> okay. Um, so they all just laughed. So, so I was able to laugh and make a joke about my, like, you know, and I put a picture of myself when I was 15 with, like, permed hair and big blue oh, glasses. Hilarious. So That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to see how I could connect with them so then they would feel comfortable that, oh, my gosh, here's this, like, CEO of Leadership HQ talking mm-hmm. and I feel I, – I, so I really – so, but whereas if I was with a group of CEOs, I probably wouldn't put a picture of myself in perm and, <laughs> and I probably wouldn't go, how are you freaking all going today? Uh, 
you know, I would probably be a bit more polished and structured. But still being my authentic self. So mm. I do have a style, which I, was, I know you know you've seen it, yeah. where I think it's important to set the scene and be relaxed, make everyone feel relaxed. Obviously, you're wanting to get the outcome. So you, I think you do need to think about the audience and adjusting your style depending on the audience. I think that's really important. So I'd probably, yeah, be more corporate and for in front of an executive leadership group mm-hmm. and probably a little bit more articulate and polished. Uh, not that I'm saying I'm not articulate, but, uh, yeah, just adjusting my style. Yeah, more professional, I guess. You see people enjoying a workshop and then they've learned all this great information, mm. some great leadership tools, and then you check in a couple of weeks later and they're not implementing them. What's a great way to embed learnings following a workshop? Wow, that is, isn't that the zillion dollar question yeah. that everyone, it's something, and I even say to groups, I don't want to sit here for the whole day and hug trees all day and then you even go, <laughs> oh, that was a great, great tree hugging session. Uh, I think even when I facilitate, I always say to you know everyone, like, what do you really want to get out of today? Like, mm-hmm. why is today important? And at the end of the workshop, I say to people, like, you know, what are three things you learned today? What are three things that you could change? And what would happen if you did change these three things? And what would happen if you didn't change these three things? I think for me, and this is why I even say to anyone that I that I work with, uh, even though it was a little bit different, say, when I was working with you, just doing like a two-hour a, a workshop is that I always follow up especially if I'm doing a leadership program or a, or, a, or a day where I'm spending a day with a team, I always follow up and say to the stakeholders, mm-hmm. look, can you send these articles or can you send this video to them? Um, even in between workshop program, when I run a, like our 12-month leadership program, I'm always keeping the leadership or the learnings front of mind and then emailing people and saying, okay, tell me what did you get from that? Tell me what you've done differently. What actions have you implemented? What successes have you had? Is there anything that you tried and it didn't work out? Let's share that with the group. Doing things like online webinars, uh, mentoring calls, like online mentoring calls, um, going and seeing people face-to-face and saying, hey, can I catch up with you for 10 minutes or half an hour for a coffee? You know, how did you find the workshop? What did you do differently? So you're just not walking away and going, oh, that was good. Okay, thanks. And then just going back to the old habits and the, the old way of thinking is, well, you know, what did you get out of it? What could you implement? And actually keeping the conversation happening, keeping it going, sharing information so that they're keeping it, you know, front of mind that, you know, the more seriously you take your self-development, the more seriously others are going to take you. And this is why I suppose for me, even with the coaching work that we do, I find the coaching really transformational because we're meeting with them once a month mm. and therefore each month we're having the conversations, they're going off, they're putting it into action. We send them, you know, their goals or what they need to do, like to focus on. Here's an article you could read. Here's some resources on our platform you could look at. Okay, come back next month. What happened? What did you do? What would you do differently? What did you learn from that? And that's where people go, this is what I did and this is what I learned. They go, great fantastic I'm great to hear that success or that learning what can we do next time next month so it's kind of they're actually seeing the change because they're actually focused on it and they're committed to it and they want to do it uh and that that takes champions it takes people like you and myself like yourself and and I to go out there and keep 
them engaged in that and making sure does that make sense oh absolutely I think you're completely right in terms of just having that frequent kind of touch point but also the accountability I think all of us kind of need someone to be accountable to um, because there's so much else going on in life and in work it's just hard to keep focused on on some of these things yeah and also I think it's really great if we're able to, and this is why when I when I do any sort of leadership program or coaching, it's about having the managers or the execs buy in and mm. act, and actually saying to them, "Can you please? You need to have conversations with your people as well around the space, around what they're learning and what they got out of it, and also you could have an accountability buddy, like it could be someone on the program that you have that you meet once a month to go, guys, let's keep each other accountable. Like, what are we doing differently? Yeah, yeah, really really good tactical advice about the accountability buddy. And just with your um, talking about the line manager and their involvement, I'd like to quickly just segue onto leadership. I know this is a, probably a really open question, but what do you think the biggest challenge is in the leadership space? What are you sort of finding? <laughs> How long have we got? We got? <laughs> it's a very broad question. It's a, it's a brilliant question. Gosh, these questions are good. Uh, I suppose for me, I see which is very exciting, Mm. I suppose, because this is what I advocate and I'm out there pretty much standing on top of the mountain screaming about, you know, or trying to influence others and inspire others around that people I think are definitely seeing that leadership isn't about a role or title, Mm. that they are seeing it more around it is an attitude and mindset and a behaviour. So that is fantastic. But the other theme that I'm seeing I suppose with so much going on in the world today, you know, we're looking, we're kind of looking for leaders to have that more of that resilience and, you know, being more agile and being more vulnerable is that we need more great examples of leadership. So I'm seeing Mm. people having more discussions around not willing to accept poor behaviour and poor leadership and I'm wanting more, I'm wanting stronger leader, leaders out there. I'm wanting to see more examples, more, more leaders that we can follow more leaders we can learn from or more leaders that we can see as showing the way that what makes a great leader. So I think what I'm finding is a lot of people are wanting not only to maybe even step up and be that great leader, but they're looking for more great leaders as examples. When you ask, you know, who are the famous leaders in the world, we always sort of go to the Nelson Mandela's and these, you know, the Mother Teresa's and Oprah's who it, where it seems unattainable. So it is, it's really good that we should identify like who are the people around us that we really like working with or we aspire to and then kind of emulate that and not go for the, um, I guess, the stereotypical definition of a, of a really great leader. Yeah, it is. It's just um, that's why I think sometimes because we make leadership bigger than what it yeah. is because of those examples like, mm. you know, Martin Luther King or Mandela or whatever or Oprah, you know, we kind of go, oh, man, we can never amount to that. Well, yeah, <laughs> leadership is fundamentally about making a difference mm. and helping each other's shine and, and yeah, I mean, we've all got it in us. We do, and that sort of leads me on to the question of the premise behind your latest book, Just Rocket. What's it about? <laughs> <laughs> Just Rocket is I'm wanting to help everyone step up with gusto, step up and stand tall and go for what they really want, whether it's you know, to be that best version of you, to become who you are, to be a great leader, to start a business, to step up in your career, to, I don't know, whatever you want to do in terms of, you know, take on the world or I, I just see, Leanne, oh, my gosh, like the last decade I've been working in this space and you know how passionate I am about mental health, especially yes. for younger leaders, future leaders, uh, is we're still not, we're still 
not we're too afraid to put ourselves out there we're not we're not mm. we're not going you know what I want to be brave I want to be courageous I want to I've got this dream I've got this passion I want to say yes to that that opportunity I want to take that risk and but also I'm seeing so much bullying I'm seeing so many people trying this tall poppy syndrome and poor leadership I mean even in my book you know it's 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 really an empowering book to help people and it's a workbook and book in one. I want people to start to go, you know what, I've only got this one life and I I don't want to get to whenever I'm going to get to that day that I look back on my life and go, this is it, that I didn't lead the life I wanted to leave, lead mm-hmm. and live and I want people to just get out there and rock it and help others rock it as well. I want everyone to get out there and say, you know what, I want to help, I want to, I want to help you be the best you can be as well. That is such a great message. I'll definitely get a copy and I'll be at your launch for sure. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I know a lot of people too and and they uh, sort of say things like, oh, I can't do that and all these limiting Uh, beliefs and you think, yeah, you can. You can absolutely do it. So I might have to get a few copies. Yeah, get a few. Like I do not want to have any I'll try or I should have or I could have. You know, I mean, I always say to people, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. I mean, Mm. I started a company from a blog and I came back to Australia as a full-time seller mum with $2,000 in the bank and I had to move back in with my parents, you know, in a really crappy Holden Commodore and I was like, oh, my gosh, but um, <laughs> Holden Commodore was okay. Anyway, and I was like, oh, boy, man. And, you know, and I'm not saying that I, I dance on rainbows every day. Like we're all human. I definitely have my ups and downs and my knocks. However, I focus on the rocks. I focus on what makes me rock, what you know, focus on how I can make my life rock, how I can help others rock it. You know, one of the chapters in my book is not to give a, don't give a crap. <laughs> and it's, you know, and I know it's difficult and some days I go, oh, my gosh, I do give a crap about that. But mm. it's about caring about what or giving a crap about what really matters to yeah. you and only focusing on that and and uh, just and everyone's so beautiful and unique. We've got everyone on this planet, and just focus on what makes you beautiful and unique, and 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 be kind and compassionate to everyone else, and what makes them beautiful and unique too. That's lovely, and I I couldn't say it any better than um, myself. Hey, um, what's the best advice that you could offer to someone um, to a first time facilitator? Other than the fact that that's awesome that you're doing this. Uh, I would just say, look, again, think of the end in mind. So think about what outcomes or think about the audience and what Mm. do you think they'll need. So think about what outcomes or key messages you want to get across to the group and then work backwards. So kind of I'm a real visual person. So when I do any sort of workshop or especially when I first started, I would get a flip chart or a whiteboard. So I'd kind of get the flip chart all over the wall and think, okay, last flip chart, this is what I want them to walk away with and then I'd work backwards. And then I'd start to map out like, you know, like chapters of a book, what do you want each component of the workshop to entail? Like what key messages what sort of learnings can you bring to to the to the group or to the workshop? What sort of methods could you use, like videos, uh, brainstorming? Uh, what sort of create creative stuff could you bring? Like I always say to people, like when you're a first time facilitator, don't be afraid to be creative. Like when you're facilitating, people love to be creative when you're talking. So bring in Play-Doh or big coloured pens or crayons or stickers or paper. So Think about things that you can bring out the creativity of everyone in the room, but 
think about the end in mind and then work backwards and then just map out different things that you can do. I also find with uh, first-time facilitators is that they're always nervous about well, what happens if the group knows more than me yes. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> or uh, uh, you know, I say something or I forget to say something that doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's about you and the and the, what you can bring to the group. And if someone does know, like, and gosh, it's happened to me. That's why I don't even call myself an expert in leadership. I call myself a semi. I call myself a semi expert. Is that when I actually say, I just name it. I go, wow, I didn't know that. That's great. Thanks. Can you share what that means? I'm really interested in learning more about that. Share that with the rest of the group. Because I remember um, recently I was looking through some old workshops I'd presented a few years ago, uh, reading through the notes, and I'd, I'd even written my name, like, hello, my name is. It was like, come on. Like, they were written down. My notes were written to a T. It was just really funny looking at that and seeing what I do now in terms of I don't really script anything at all. I know what the idea is, but it's really about creating that interaction. So, you definitely do have to start from somewhere and you're absolutely right. It's about, it's about the audience. Um, what's your, do you have a go-to icebreaker? A go-to icebreaker. Yes, I did see that question and <laughs> I was thinking about that today going, gosh, I've got so much. Look, there's so many different icebreakers. Uh, I mean, I always love doing them. <sighs> There's lots of different things I bring, like I've got an activity around nuclear bomb exercise, which is quite fun and quite funny, uh, where you use body language to try and decode a code and things like that that takes about 10 minutes. Uh, I also love to get the people up and I say, okay, brainstorm, what are your top, you know, three strengths or what are your three passions and let's do a, I call it the strengths sharing uh, kind of like super fast session you know I think we did that in the leadership attitude workshop you came yeah, to last right. year the breakfast yeah that was really we, yeah. fun yeah everyone was yeah. buzzing and it's because it's so positive people can't wait to share that it's a good one yeah mm. it is a good one mm. I also this really great is it oh, there's some great websites where you can pick up different resources and cards where you can get people to get pick up cards like choose a word that resonates to you or a quote or a phrase or an image mm -hmm. um lots of different icebreaker different you can look online at different uh training organizations where i've got like a suite of different cards so i'll put the cards out on the table and go choose a quote or a card or a word that resonates to you and now let's go up go and talk to people around the room why did you pick that card why did you pick that image or why did you pick that word why what it resonated to you um that's fun um, doing yeah building the you know giving everybody um paddle pop sticks and uh straws and blue blue tack and going right um two groups of two you've got a you've got 10 minutes to build the highest straw um straw um tower and it has to stay mobile okay and it has to go on the floor as well you're not allowed to put it on the table like things where you're kind of using different things depending on on the group mm. that you can you know you tend to find that one works very well with engineers, oh, engineers uh, yeah Sonia, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for all of your insight on this interview. I've learned a lot and I hope our audience um, has as well. Finally, where can people find you? Oh, my gosh. Where can they find me? They can find me on social media. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty active on that. Um, you know, on LinkedIn or Facebook or, you know, I've got all my professional pages there, but also uh, leadershiphq.com.au or soniamcdonald.com.au as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on First Time Facilitator. Oh, you rock. Thank you so much. You rock. Bye. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to First Time Facilitator. If you like the episode, please share it with your mates or subscribe to the podcast feed in iTunes. Till next time.